Hello, everybody, and welcome to On the Flank, episode number 43. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joker Patrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And Joe, how about them Sundays? How about this Sunday? Uh, an absolutely crazy day in the Overwatch League uh, with, I mean, maybe the first game was an expected result, but the next three, I don't think people expected any of those, Joe. Oh, yeah. I mean, we uh, we were talking last week a little bit about how lots of these matches, uh, you know, just based on how many teams there are and stuff, it's like lots of them are uh, super predictable and, and it's hard to find, you know, uh, good exciting ones to watch but yeah this this sunday did not disappoint i don't think i don't think next week sunday will either but we'll get to that yeah but uh, this is crazy absolutely um and i think there are a lot of great matches this week uh despite some obvious um winners and losers and a bunch of them still uh yet you, you had the likes of like nyxl london spitfire this time it was close um even though the result was the same with nyxl coming out on top um, you had close ones like Shanghai, LA, uh, Gladiators, even though it was three one, still still pretty close. Um, and Philadelphia Fusion grabbing that one against the the Rain Joe. Congrats on that one. Um, Finally, yeah. And oh, the Rain are zero and five this stage. Um, Hanjo Spark and Soul went to five maps as well. So this map this week was was a little bit better than usual. We finally got some some really good matches. Um, but let's let's dive into the Los Angeles Valiant Joe because I think they're the headliners this week. Um, sure. They they beat the Shanghai Dragons on the first day, which both of us predicted was not going to happen, but it did. Um, but I think obviously the one everyone's going to be focused on is the one that ended the week where they handed the Vancouver Titans their first regular season loss. The Titans couldn't get to that 20 and 0 mark, Joe, that beautiful 20 and 0. It would have been, it would have been a pretty sight to see, but they are 19 and one now. Uh, whereas the Los Angeles Valiant, I think are like six and or seven and 12. Uh, yeah, seven and 12. Uh, what a journey it's been for the Valiant, right, Joe? <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> I mean, yeah, from uh, what they won the Pacific last season, right? And mm-hmm. then had a whatever ridiculously low start, uh, and then have only finally recently, uh, you know, kind of started to come back into relevance. But yeah, this really good. Both these matches were really good, actually, this week. Um, and it's. Uh, you, you know, sort of my impression of this team uh, after this week is that I really love uh, the the LA Valiant of Fact Fiction and Checks in particular. Um, and, you know, they were added, um, you know, more than a month ago, actually, now, but back uh, all the way at May 10th. Um, but, of course, that was, like, I guess the beginning of the, uh, like, season break, if I remember right. Um but they both saw lots of play this week. Um, in fact, and last week, uh, some too, you know, Fact Fiction obviously on the main tank rule. Um, and Shaq's playing tons of Sombra. Um, you know, we've talked about some teams that have really come in and, like, uh, just completely embraced, like, the Sombra Goats. Um, and, you know, the Valiant's finding a lot of success on that. 
both against Shanghai, they, uh, they you know, tried to tried and failed to uh, sort of match up Shaxx with the Ding, and it, uh, it didn't quite work for Shanghai in that series. But then also, um, you know, Vancouver, uh, the you know, even prompting like compositional changes from, uh, you know, obviously Vancouver would be more comfortable probably with just like a traditional three three, but. Uh, but but pulling the Sombra out and uh, causing some weird stuff to happen, uh, especially the later parts of that series. Yeah, I think you got to hand it to Tali Valiant. I mean, even afterwards, it seems like they they really strategized on the fly there against Vancouver. Uh, and most, I feel like most teams, Custom mentioned it in the interview after, like they decided we know Titans are really good at de- uh, goats, so we're gonna go DPS. On uh, the first map on Oasis, that didn't work at all. Um, and on the fly, they decided, okay, let's just go Sombra Goats instead. Um, and I feel like most teams would try to stick to their game plan, and I gotta give hand it to the Valiant for not sticking to their game plan and and deciding, okay, Sombra Goats will probably work better. Um, and it did. It absolutely did. Because uh, Vancouver just doesn't have their Sombra. So it's it's weird how all of a sudden... Somber goats is the counter to goats, when when before it was just worse goats, uh, and that's why everyone stopped playing it. And now we're here in stage three where it's all of a sudden better, uh, and it's it's probably because of those those diva nerfs and getting rid of diva completely um, for the somber is is very good. It's true, uh, but yeah, that's it, it's super. I mean, you gotta give the MVP almost to the rise of Sombra Goats here for the Los Angeles Valiant because Shax is a great is a great Sombra, I agree with you. And the pickup of fact fiction has has completely changed what this team has looked like too. Um and Joe, me talking about how uh how I could see this team sneaking to the playoffs since stage two, it could happen still here. Um despite yeah, I mean, an 07 si- start. Yeah, they're sitting at number five right now in the stage, uh, four and one with a plus eight uh, map differential. Yeah, it's totally possible. I mean, even four and three, you know, we've seen is um, not at all unrealistic for a playoff spot. Oh yeah, and they have the spark and the spitfire this week. If they just win at least one of those, they're obviously making stage playoffs. Uh, but it's also just super impressive <laughs> because they've had a they've had a pretty tough state schedule they played shanghai twice uh titans and now spark and spitfire too yeah and then we'll be predicting the uh, uh the hangzhou game later in the show too oh yeah so stick around for that see see if we think they can they can beat the on fire hangzhou spark as well and while we're talking about uh valiant i'll go ahead and give up my mvp for uh for the weekend like i said i do um, I, I do really like the uh, uh, the LA Valiant with uh, Fact Fiction and Shacks uh, added, but my MVP actually goes uh, this week to uh, Kareev on the, you know, I guess flex support is a good position. Uh, <laughs> a good way to, to describe what he can play, but, uh, you know, former DPS player has been playing um, some combination of support and DPS for the Valiant now for. A uh, good amount of time, but really, uh, really good on a play, especially this week in both their series. Uh, I mean, like there was a uh, like map winning sleep dart 
um, the end of Aikenwall versus Shanghai, um, and, and lots, lots of really crucial, um, uh, you, you know, like, like cooldown usage, um, again, especially on the Ana, just to really be like super effective, I think, in both these series. I mean, the man's a beast on Ana, and I, I like how someone on Reddit described it as um, when he's playing Ana, it's the no fly zone for Pharaohs. Because uh, yeah. he he sleeps them all, uh, just just amazing play this weekend. Huge, huge, huge in the win against the Titans, uh, giving them their first loss, which which means NYXL is at the top of our stage three standings now, Joe. Um, and I think it's it's worth talking about them versus London Spitfire this time around because London, they came out uh, with different looks this time and actually actually prevented a, a 4-0 making it taking it to five maps even though they they fell short there on Ilios at the end uh couldn't take a single point there but they were able to take Paris were able to take Dorado and Joe this week we were starting to see I mean we're obviously starting to see some more somber goods we're starting to see a lot more sort of DPS play and stuff like that I think this this game is what prompted some some talk about how a 2-2 lock would prevent also some crazy strats because we're seeing a lot of triple dps when specifically when hammond's being played um so i wanted to ask your opinion on it joe does a 2-2 lock limit teams too much though you know we everyone's talking 2-2 lock um but we might miss out on some crazy comps with triple DPS as well. And is that too limiting, Joe? Do you think so? It's an interesting point I hadn't thought of. Um, that, yeah, lots of uh, lots of the compositions that we see a lot at its uh, like pro play so far are, you know, we got three tanks, three supports, or triple DPS, um, or sometimes quad DPS. Uh, and that sorts of things and yeah i guess that that would be you know necessarily a restriction but uh yeah so like if for example they came in for stage four you know would we see a lot less um you know hammond probably a lot less mercy um than we have in the past um and i suppose that's you know part of the reason uh that they always talk about you know well if uh, if this two-two-two lock, you know, ever actually comes into like the game properly, that then it's going to take uh, uh, a lot of like individual balancing uh, on Blizzard's part too. Like it's going to take specific time to go in and, and make sure that uh, that that all the heroes that have been assigned a role can actually properly fit that role in a in a two-two-two composition. I mean, uh, you know, people play people play Hammond like a main tank, but only when they've got you know three or four DPS um, DPS characters to you know, sort of cover the angles uh, and be able to uh, protect him just by you know by threatening space uh, and they play mercy as uh, the you know a solo healer only when there there's lots of opportunities to uh, to, to damage boost and uh, and being able to make the most of the you know single target resurrect that they've got um Yes, and or or break, you know, played as a as a support hero in like a two 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 composition would be terrible. I mean, that's the example that people give a lot. But uh, yeah, there definitely have to be you know some 
like intentional uh, probably pretty drastic but like uh, it, probably even a bigger patch than was um, this you know 1.35 or whatever it was like the mega patch that was supposed to kill goats uh, <laughs> I mean it's gonna be it'll be a giant patch if and when that comes through just to make sure that because uh, again you know they do want all the heroes to be viable uh, and uh, the, yeah, it's interesting because if uh, if that composition restriction was just added uh, in the Overwatch League, sort of suddenly, that that uh, you're right, that probably wouldn't be the case. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting looking back at history and seeing what two 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 like meta comps we've had, dive, <clears throat> and I guess snipers. Yeah. Um. So those will. I mean, that's probably what everyone's going to default to because. But there are tons of pro players who have lived through both of those, obviously. It'd be hilarious if we, we finished Overwatch League Season 1 in a double sniper meta, and we finished <laughs> Overwatch League Season 2 in a double sniper meta with Ryan Zaria, Widow Hanzo. With, with, with Philly and London making the championship again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because their, their, their teams benefit the most from that. Um, that would be hilarious. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's we'll we'll see what happens. Um, I don't know if it it limits it in a in a. I think the I think the benefits are there. I do like Hammond and triple DPS comps a lot. They're fun to watch, but I think it's worth it just to get rid of uh goats because goats is just always i mean as people have alluded to goats is just always going to be a super superior cop on most maps just because of the game modes the game types benefit being tanky and being able to get to an objective and stay on an objective um and protect that objective sort of so i think it's just worth it to to get rid of to, to require people to play DPS is, is absolutely worth it, I believe. Um, and we'll, maybe we'll see more metas going forward um, because of it. So we'll, we'll see if it even happens. Um, but it, it would definitely, definitely be a meta shakeup. Enough to, I think, <laughs> say that maybe Philadelphia Fusion could make that championship, Joe. That's all yeah. I need. I mean, there's, um, you know, we sort of briefly mentioned it last week. The uh, most of the teams, um, you know, in theory, like numerically, still have a chance, at least for play-ins. Yeah, yeah, they're still. I mean, they're if still, you take, what? if you sorry, if you take uh, DC and Florida out of the, out of the consideration, the worst record in the league right now is six and thirteen, which yeah. could still finish again numerically above 500 yeah uh it's gonna be really hard but <laughs> yeah. um, especially for the houston outlaws is the team that has that six and 13 <laughs> let's let's that's a good transition let's talk houston outlaws because uh they did beat paris three to one paris had a little bit of a rough week that we can talk about a little later but they did beat paris three to one to start off the week and everyone was hype on them again um they, they look dominant on some maps. They look like a completely different team, of course. Uh, so what what else are they supposed to do, Joe, in this situation but lose to the Florida Mayhem, of course? Yeah, like, what, a week and a half after 
uh, <laughs> San Francisco. Um, and people on Reddit have been doing like uh, the Overwatch championship belt situation. Like if it was like a wrestling situation where these teams held a championship belt and the Houston Outlaws had that championship belt. They took it from the San Francisco Shock. And now the Florida Mayhem have it. And this is not only... This is this is not the first time they've had this championship belt this season, Joe. The Florida Mayhem now have it for the second time because they beat the Philadelphia Fusion earlier in the season to take it from them. That's true. Um, Who had beaten uh, London, I think, again. Yeah, yeah. They Philly That's beat London right. to get it at first, and then Philly lost to Florida. <laughs> uh, but yeah... <laughs> What happened here, Joe? <laughs> Any clue? That, I mean, it's a good question. <laughs> um, that yeah, this is uh, these last two series of the week. I actually didn't get the chance uh, to watch live, which is unfortunate. So I've had to, um, you know, in the last twelve hours, get some uh, recaps and that sort of thing. But I mean, it, it looked uh, fairly close. Like the first half of the series um, came all the way to map four when Houston was playing. Um, uh, you know, playing Florida in order to take it to map five, uh, and then they got within you know like a a meter and a half um, of of finishing too. Of of uh, I guess they would have had. I forget if Florida had actually completed Gibraltar and they were going to go to extra rounds, or if no, they had, was... or if they had not quite. But they had barely finished Gibraltar, and then uh, Houston couldn't finish it. There you go. But, but yeah, it was super close all the way down to the very end. I mean, it was a. Um, I mean, maybe you want to talk about that last fight. Um, but, 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 you know, it came all the way down to the last fight there for Houston. Uh, uh, and yeah, I don't know. It's. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a great win for Florida. We've talked about how much we don't like, um, you know, sort of the direction that Florida's been moving recently. But, uh, you, you know, super big win for them. Um, but then also, like I mentioned last week, I mean, in order for uh, you know Houston to maintain this momentum that they built up, uh, you know, with this win over San Francisco and over Boston uh, last week, you know, they got to uh, you know pick up the easy wins where they can. You know, like we were concerned about Paris, and Paris was three-one, uh, but you know, Florida shouldn't have been a concern at all. Oh yeah, Florida definitely should not have been a concern for Houston at loss. Um... Yeah, this this sort of has me down in the dumps about Houston Outlaws again, Joe. Um, I'm not as confident, uh, but it has me. It, my confidence is boosted for Florida Mayhem a little bit, um, which is where my MVP of the week comes in. And with Zephyr, who finally cashed in on those scrim bucks, uh, and has looked looked really good this series. Um, and I don't think they would have won it without this man, um, who who honestly is he's he's been fine, you know before he hasn't been he's been a fine diva uh, but this this was a great apparently he he wrecks and scrims this was a great game for him so uh my mvp of the week's to zephyr for for getting florida mayhem this this pretty big win uh florida mayhem did get 0-4 by the san francisco shock though earlier this week so not obviously not the biggest week for florida um who else should we talk about? Let's let's talk Shanghai Los Angeles Gladiators uh, because this is another this was another big match this week. Shanghai was coming off of a loss against Los Angeles Valiant, uh, LA Gladiators. 
they're obviously one of the best teams in the league according to the standings. I mean, they're they're fourth right now, twelve and seven, tied in fourth with London and Hangzhou um, at twelve and seven. Uh, but they, I think they've had some consistency issues when it comes to beating other top teams, Joe. And that was apparent here once again, uh, losing 3-1 to the Shanghai Dragons. In fact, only taking map one on Oasis and looking good while doing it. Uh, but unfortunately, unable to take any other, any other map here. Do you think they were just having... Do you think they just can't match shanghai when when they're going dps when they're going there with their somber goats um it's a good question i think uh it's certainly a part of it i mean we can't uh we can't ignore um you know to dig sombra um and how super valuable it's been to shanghai like i mean basically all um basically all season um on the other hand you know I, i think it would be not um super accurate to say that like that's the only uh the, 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 you know that that's the only thing that is a factor here because uh the you know lots of other teams uh play in somber and we, we there's this isn't somber's not like a you know an instant win button or anything but uh but, but, but yeah we uh teams like shanghai teams like uh like we talked about los angeles valiant uh, you, you know, are showing how powerful she is, uh, especially when uh, you know played in the same sort of ways uh, that that she's getting played by some of these teams. Uh, and then on the other hand, you know, Gladiators, uh, you know, coming off some strong wins uh, against DC, against Philly, uh, against Dallas earlier in the stage, but uh, yeah, for whatever reason, not. Uh, not able to come back for it, and again, all the way down to uh, a, a relatively low-scoring Dorado map, sort of to uh, th- that would have put it uh, to five maps uh, if the Gladiators had won. But yeah, it's it's an interesting question that uh, you, you know I think clearly they're still a really good team, but yeah, for whatever reason, it was not uh, coming out so well this series. Yeah, I I mean they. So they the all the series they ran sure for decay, um, and they neither I mean no one in their lineup runs Sombra, uh, at all. So that they they didn't have that flexibility, um, uh, specifically in that lineup on their bench I believe hydration runs Sombra though, so they just didn't bring them in though. Uh, and they were running, so they either ran just plain goats, or they ran like Surefour on Roadhog with Decay on uh, Widowmaker, and almost everything. Everyone else played like their same goats role, uh, which which was interesting. They were in that on Eichenwald, I think, maybe Toronto for a bit. Uh, so they just didn't. They couldn't match Shanghai Summer Goats at all. They probably knew they couldn't. Um, because Shanghai's got the Ding's amazing summer. They've got great summer coats. But they Shanghai just ended up ended up pulling this one out. Um straight up. I mean, they're just a, I think they're just a better team than Los Angeles Gladiators right now. Uh and Gladiators really need to step up to that top tier, to that top echelon because when they're facing Titans, when they're facing these other 
these 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 great teams that they that they should be pulling out wins it seems like they just haven't been able to to grab a win quite yet uh and until until they can do that i'm i'm not sold on the gladiators being a a team that makes it to the championship here so yeah just gotta step up it's uh they're playing toronto and vancouver are their last two uh series of the weekend i I could see them finishing four and three easily Mm -hmm. um and hopefully this vancouver game is nice and close Um, yeah but yeah Uh, i i definitely would like to see uh see see that game be close over there uh because i mean over in the pacific you have of course shock and titans at the top but it's seeming like dragons is becoming that that third place team over in the pacific uh, if you don't count sorry sorry valiant that's my bad um Va- valiant's the top team that's that's my fault uh but yeah what else what else do we talk about hangzhou spark played played the soul dynasty i think this is the third time they've played now um, yeah once in playoffs and twice in regular season yeah uh and hangzhou has come out on top every time right it's true uh, and and this is interesting. The map five of this series they're talking about. Um, I'm trying to remember, I think it was that Seoul was like six and zero on Oasis, uh, but Hangzhou was, you know, some equally undefeated record on map fives. <laughs> and then it was oh. uh, Hangzhou that finally took it. But that was kind of interesting. Yeah, uh, Hangzhou. Are they? This is this team's the real deal, right, Joe? This team finally is cashing in on those scrim bucks from preseason. Um, I, I mean, I guess it's sort of um, like at least for me personally, it sort of snuck up on me. I mean, all of a sudden they're sitting at four and one in stage three and twelve and seven in the league. Uh, which granted, there are three twelve and seven teams uh, currently, but yeah. So I guess the the result of that is they're practically tied for fourth. But uh, but yeah, you're right. It's it's sort of uh, uh, just snuck up on me. Yeah, but but they are uh, they are performing pretty well. Uh, it, from like from their early season play, I've sort of or I had, I had sort of discounted them for a while, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, you know, wins, uh, you know, three zero against Dallas. More recently, three zero against Washington. I mean, you, you know, you'd like uh, as a Hangzhou fan to see those, uh, you know, closer to four zeros, but you know, you do what you can for sure. Hangzhou Spark have won nine of their last eleven regular season matches. Joe, this is dating dating back to April thirteenth in stage two. So yeah, talk about turning it up. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's, yeah. that's the way to do it. And with their only losses to the Shock and the Titans, that's who you're expected to lose to. It's true. Uh, um, but they're facing some fairly easy teams, to be honest. Um, their most impressive wins against Seoul and London, though, uh, for sure. Um, actually, they've only played Seoul twice. Correct? Where we've been corrected? They played London in the stage two playoffs. Yeah, I guess so. Oh right, because yeah, because the the first time they played them was to qualify for playoffs. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, actually. Yeah. It was in effect a playoffs match, but it wasn't actually. Yeah. I thought I confused London with Seoul. I thought that, but that because Seoul didn't make the playoffs, so that wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, um, so yeah, sense. that was their second time facing Seoul, but they're still undefeated against Seoul, so we're right about that. <laughs> um, 
so their schedule's been fairly easy in that 11-game stretch. Um, and that 11-game stretch does not include London. So their their hardest games have been against Vancouver, uh, Seoul, and San Francisco, of which they won both games against Seoul and lost uh, to San Francisco and Vancouver. So um, yeah. we we still don't know too much about them against against the ve- the very top teams, including like Shanghai um, and including Los Angeles Gladiators. Uh, and you can even include the which Los Angeles. They like, you, you can include the Los Angeles Valley. Yeah, which is who they're playing in uh, week four of stage three, which is this upcoming week. Exactly. So we'll see. We'll see how they fare against Los Angeles Valley, who is streaking once again. We're predicting that match later. And, and um, the Shanghai Gladiators are their last two regular season matches of the season. Um, stage four, week four, and five. They play New York in week three as well. Do, do one of those happen to be at the uh, Los at Angeles the homestand? Valiant homestand, yeah, that'll be their Shanghai match. Mm, I'm so upset, Joe, because I I cannot go to that anymore. Ooh. It's it's such a hard decision, but I definitely have to go to the first ever esports of first ever League of Legends like big esports event in Detroit, my hometown. Um, which is it's it's the same weekend the league of Le- the LCS championship is in Detroit and I need to go. I just can't I can't miss that. Is what? Uh, uh it's in Detroit. Oh yeah. On uh, August twenty fourth. Yeah, but actually, yeah. There's so many good uh, matches that series. I mean, we'll see the battle oh, for LA. God. We'll see uh, New York, Vancouver, Hangzhou, Shanghai. Don't even uh, remind me. It makes me want to <laughs> go. <laughs> I mean, if, if Valiant keeps being good, we'll see Shock Valiant uh, as the last match of the regular season. That'll be kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is... <laughs> uh, I'm so mad that, the, that they're the same weekend. I'm so upset because it's just right, like, right next door to me, basically. Um, but, yeah. What was I trying to look at? I was trying to see who's last in the in the Pacific right now, and I think it's Dallas, right? Uh, I can never remember which division they're in, if they're Atlantic it's, or Pacific. They're Pacific. Um, well, over overall in, in, in league record, it's Guangzhou. still it's still Los Angeles Valiant. Oh yeah, it is still Los Angeles Valiant. And then Guangzhou, <laughs> and then. Chengdu, Chengdu, and, and then, then Dallas. Dallas. Um, because Dallas is a ten and ten right now. So. Yeah, I was just wondering who the worst team in the Pacific was. It's probably, it's pro- I mean, standing wise, we know, but like, power ranking wise, probably Guangzhou. Yeah. Uh, but Dallas is getting down there because they Valiant's looking really good, and now Dallas keeps losing to Chengdu. Um, yeah, I was gonna say they're on sort of a losing slump aren't they yeah they're 10 and 10 exactly they're 10 and 10 they had like a really good they went did they go five and two in stage two i think so they've they've Um, lost four in a row in stage three yeah not not the best um i mean we talked about it a little last week week. (laughs) talked a little bit about this last week but do you have anything to add as to why you think this is happening joe for Dallas, I mean, you know, this week we saw uh, a bunch of tweets from Taimu, which they're not on our rundown, but uh, 
to, to talking about it's essentially complaining about how little uh, uh, playtime and presumably like scrim time he's getting uh, you know so depending on your camp you know whether you think uh, you know Dallas is in a position where they've just got to try whatever they can uh, you, you know or you're trying to um, build for some larger end game but uh, but yeah there's this uh, I mean and we haven't seen OGE in a long time either uh, it's well, I forget if it was this week or last week that um, Trill made his, his Dallas debut and has been playing last in several week. matches since uh, but yeah it's uh, I don't know it's an interesting sort of uh, like roster choices I think is at least part of it yeah um, they're all over the place it's it's super weird and, and, and they were doing well with their starting lineup before so I don't know why the switches have come in I mean OG's clearly better than Trill uh, there are rumors there, there are sort of some rumors that Trill I mean they upped Trill's contract so that the Florida Mayhem couldn't get him uh, so I guess they believe that they have to play him now because they paid a lot of, a lot of money for Trill um, which is interesting. Uh, and another thing, I think, I forget who said it on a vast stream, but someone was on a vast stream said that some people play for, uh, some people play to sell jerseys uh, and not win, which was alluding to Dallas Fuel. Uh, so apparently they're not trying to win now, they're just trying to sell jerseys. Um which involves, I guess, putting putting more players in. I mean, I think they should put Taimu in if they want to sell more jerseys, honestly. Uh, he's a fan favorite, and we haven't seen him in forever. And what about Mickey? He's also a fan favorite, and we haven't seen him forever. And I thought he was a fantastic Brig. So, uh, especially when we're talking about how, I mean, everyone's super upset that, that Zach is being is being put in they think he's a pretty poor performer on that brig um it's interesting that we we don't see mickey in that brig jail instead especially when i think he was one of the great one of the great brigs in in stage four uh one of the first great brigs it's true uh yeah um i think to finish to finish off talking about this week I'll just, I'll just, we could just briefly mention the Boston Uprising reverse sweeping the Paris Eternal on Sunday. Um, As which, they're known to do. Yeah, of <laughs> course. Is this, I mean, they finally went back to Aim God, Kellex. They went back to to what was working before because uh, what they did after that was abysmal and we talked about their losing streak on, on the show last week. Uh, but does do you think this this lights a fire under Boston Uprising here? I mean, how huge is is this win after such such depressing times for them, being able to reverse sweep Paris Eternal in Boston Uprising fashion and pull out this win? I mean, you know, it's it's got to be worth something. Um, you know, unfortunately, this late in the stage, uh, certainly not going to be as helpful as it could. I mean, they've, they've got one more match in Week Four against Philly, then they're stage three is over they don't play again until uh uh scrolling quickly july 27th so so they don't play again for almost a month after this upcoming week um 
um, you know, to talk about getting iced, but, but, uh, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, this is the kind of thing we want to see more of from Boston for sure. Um, you know, Paris, like we said, had sort of an um, interesting week too. They're not, uh, I mean, never have been really performing the way we expected them to, um, like preseason, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It'll be, uh, this Boston Philly match we're also predicting, uh, uh, later in the series, but that'll be that'll be the test to see where they can sort of land themselves uh, at the end of stage three. But even then, um, you know, maybe a two and five finish uh, to the stage is not going to be great. No, uh, there. I mean, no chance to make stage three playoffs. Obviously, a bad stage, but um, I mean, all these teams are still in it for the wild card race, Joe. So uh, there's. There's no point in giving up now, and Boston's only in 14th at 8 and 12, so uh, they got a chance, and they're Boston. They they can they can pull out some weird shenanigans here, so you'll take every win you can get. Uh, but let's let's move on to this Jonak MVP Zenyatta skin. That's fantastic, being called the best skin in the game already, Joe. Do you agree? I mean, I think it's really nice. Um, I mean, the, the question... <laughs> I, 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 I wonder my opinion... Uh, uh, how my opinion will change once we figure out... What? There's an ad on this page that's playing in my ears. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, but... Uh, this Jonex can... Yeah, so I wonder how my opinion will change once we figure out... Um, uh, we'll see figure out how much it costs because I don't think we know that yet. Um, you know, if it ends up being you know two hundred uh, Overwatch League tokens or whatever, like the the others have been, you know, that's it's gonna be super cool. Um, and I mean, I really like the design, so that's that's the important part. But just that it happened at all, I think, is notable. Um, that you know, hopefully, this is something they want to continue doing uh, for like other MVPs, uh, you know, for this season and moving on. But you know, he got like a framed concept art and all this. It's it's a really cool idea, and yeah, really um, like neat looking skin too. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's really cool skin. Uh, it's even got NYXL colors there. I mean, it's it's looking great. Um, London Spitfire replied to to the tweet saying that they wanted some skins for their for their championship victory, Joe. Uh, League of Legends does that for the world champion. They make they make uh, championship skins, but League of Legends doesn't even have any team skins in the game. Whereas Overwatch League, of course, has every team uh, get skins for every every uh, hero. Uh, but how League of Legends does it is basically the players on that team get to choose uh which whichever champion they want their skin to be on, and then uh, Riot designs. Uh, just a really fancy looking, uh, really nice. Honestly, the championship skins are some of the best in the game. Really nice looking, slick, um, based off the team colors. Some some championship skins. Uh, do you think we get sort of? Do you think we should get in Overwatch something like that? Um, whereas we do obviously not the same as like a London Spitfire team skin, but something like even fancier, shinier. Um, 
a championship skin, you know, Joe, a premium skin for them. Do they deserve that? I mean, the uh, the other thing I've thrown out, the other thing I've heard thrown out uh, uh, from Stylosa, obviously, who is associated with the London Spitfire, there, saying, um, you know, at least they should uh, give London like golden weapons you know, on the streams and stuff like like as they're yeah. playing. Uh, that that might be something, uh, and it would you know take like no work at all. But uh, but, it, but I don't know. It's it's. Uh, it, I feel like it's probably something they should do. Um, you know something for ideally, um, just for the, uh, to, for the like the the commemoration of it, if nothing else. I mean, trying to make a bunch of skins would be difficult, but or you know a bunch of skins that. Um, uh, beyond the ones that already exist, uh, but but yeah, to to maybe modify them somehow for a season, or to uh, or you know, golden guns on the streams, or uh, you know, whatever it takes to be nice. It's this this sort of article about the uh, the Jonak MVP skin. Sort of at the end, they, it says he asked if if Prophet the finals MVP was going to get one, uh, but they told but they told him no, that wasn't going to happen. Um, <laughs> And I feel like that's more reasonable, but still, it's uh, it's an interesting little addition they've got, even though it's like a year later. But still, it takes a while to, <laughs> to develop a skin and all that. Yeah, and Jonak's reaction to to Prophet not getting one is hilarious. <laughs> Jonak's face lit up once more, and he bounced a little on the balls of his feet. Naisu, he exclaimed and clutched his frame skin art a little bit tighter. <laughs> wow. Beautiful. Um, I definitely think championship skins... I mean, you don't have to give Profit uh, an MVP. Jonak's the MVP. But I definitely think championship skins can live side and side with MVP skins, especially since the MVP skin seems to be more personalized. Like, Jonak wanted it to be... Um, an octopus he wanted zenyatta to to be octopus themed and they gave that to him um and it's a little more personalized that for london spitfire skins it would just be like a trophy like a skin trophy almost you know like something shiny something nice something to commemorate that they won um it would not it would not be personalized uh and hopefully not take that long to develop either uh they deserve it justice for london spitfire Okay, uh, MVP process has been announced, Joe. Uh, the T-Mobile MVP, of course. Hopefully presented by Golden Boy. Um, yeah. As we know, Jonak won uh, last time. Um, so, every, so it's going to start. They're going to reveal the, the top five MVP candidates on July 25th. And then it's Twitter that that decides it. Is that am I reading this correctly? Uh, and and ballots and ballots from from coaches, GMs, league casters, and analysts, um, alongside hashtag owl MVP tweets um, for yeah. for the top five. I don't know how the top five are going to be submitted. Probably okay ballots. Bouts from the general managers of all 20 Overwatch League teams. Okay. So yeah, we'll, we'll find out in about a month who those five are. I guess this isn't going to do like, you know, fancy uh, 
like video productions on all of them and all that. So that'd oh, be cool. That, that'll be nice. It, it's I mean, last year it was just sort of out of nowhere. And most for most sports, it's just like they don't have finalists except except uh, college football for the Heisman Trophy. They do have five finalists. Um, and for this, they're going that same way, which is interesting because uh, any sort of good five five choices um and i think that's i think that's the way to go especially after all-star voting if it's just a free-for-all everyone is going to be voting for pine as we can see (laughs) um so yeah a top five is the way to go uh because the fans as we know some of the fans uh just remember last season for some reason uh but Joe, joe this is a good time for us uh, as on the flank to decide who, who we think is the MVP of this season so far. Uh, Joe, who do you think? Yeah, and we're only, uh, obviously only just a little bit over halfway through it. Uh, but before, uh, uh, before I talk about my pick, I thought it was interesting just to, um, t- to go through the teams I was looking at this morning and all of the players that, uh, that we assumed would be MVPs for their teams. Uh, coming into the season, I mean, talking about fusions for Boston, um, DeFran for Atlanta, Gushui on uh, Hangzhou's, Hangzhou Spark. Um, you, you know, Decay was going to single handedly maintain the uh, this the spot that Fisher left on Gladiators while Fisher was going to uh, rocket soul to greatness, uh, or even, um, you know, Jonas that the, the core of DC was built around. I mean,. <laughs> Uh, all these, all these players, and lots of main tanks. Interestingly enough, but uh, the, 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 you know they were supposed to be these big things, and they definitely have been, you know, um, good contributors to their team. But certainly nothing like on the scale that we expected. Um, and sort of honorable mentions uh, for my pick uh, for my MVP. I mean, um, you know, Bumper has filled a really similar role on uh, Vancouver that Jornak did on New York. Um, in season one, I don't think anybody would really argue with that. Um, you know, just in terms of like the way he's, um, you know, like on his own sort of structured their play style around himself. Um, um, and, and then there are, uh, you know, some like secondary picks you might think, um, like for example, Michelle on uh, uh, Soul Dynasty, uh, somebody like Ding on Shanghai, or. Uh, potentially somebody like Shaxter Effect Fiction on Valiant, you know, obviously we have to um, watch them play some more some more games for sure. But all that being said, uh, my actual uh, MVP pick, uh, like if I had to if I had to pick right now, it's got to be Sinatra uh, for the San Francisco Shock. I mean, the dude's crazy. They pay him a lot of money, uh, and you know whether. Uh, whether it was, uh, you know, arguably necessary in, in season one with the playtime he got is is a, is a different question, but uh, he's definitely earned it here in uh, uh, season two. Oh yeah, um, I'm same exact boat. I can't not I can't not choose Sinatra here. Uh, he's he is by far in a way the best player right now in the Overwatch League uh, on that Zarya, just absolutely dominating, and he's. His whole career, he's been known as one of the best Zarya's, and he's definitely proving it. Best Zarya in the world right now. 
and as far as my honorable mentions go, I mean, very similar to Joe's. Um, I, I, but I, right now, it feels like it has to go to someone on the Shocker of the Titans. Um, we'll see. I mean, right now, it's looking like things could change here. We'll see who ends up winning Stage 3 or who who's in the running for Stage 3. Uh, but so far, I definitely have to give it to someone on San Francisco, someone on Vancouver. So if I had to give it to someone else on San Francisco, it, had be, it would have to be uh, Super or Rascal. Both of them have done fantastic. Um if I had to give it to someone on Vancouver, it would probably be really close between Haxel and Bumper. Um, probably Haxel. Uh, Bumper Bumper has tons of support from his team, uh, which, by the way, I think the LA Valiant um, really did a great job this week of of taking down Bumper when he was being too aggressive. I mean, all the teams that have played really good against Vancouver have done that, basically. That's how San Francisco beat him, too, was taking advantage of when Bumper was was being a bit too aggressive. Um, so those are sort of my... Right now, I mean, there are tons of great players on tons of other teams, but right now it's got to either go to someone on the Shocker or Titans. We'll see what happens the rest of Stage 3. But as of now, I feel like Shock Titans is probably going to be our Stage 3 championship uh, again. Um... <laughs> So yeah, it'll it'll certainly be close either way, I think. Um, yeah, it, it, I mean, just like from from stage one to stage two, it's been um, you know relatively different, uh, um, like playoffs, team pools. So um, as we get close, we've got one more weekend in the Atlanta homestand, which is our last note here, uh, in sort of the middle part of our show, but. Um, yeah, as we get closer to these uh, stage playoffs, it's looking uh, again more or less a unique uh, uh, like team lineup that we got. Yeah, uh, definitely, and it's it's been great to see that uh, every time. No doubt about that. A, a, a different supporting cast for the Shack and Titans every time is very nice. Uh, and of course, NYXL, they're always there too. Uh, but yeah, the Atlanta homestand is coming up. Uh, that's week five. Um, and there aren't too many. I mean, we have NYXL, Shanghai Dragons, uh, probably the two best teams who are going to be there. They don't play each other. They play, NYXL plays two teams they should absolutely stop. Shanghai Dragons also should probably win both of their games. So, I mean, the games aren't that exciting. The fact that it's a homestand, pretty exciting. Um, and Atlanta Reign with an 0 and 5 stage you got to hope that they they come they come here in Atlanta and, and beat Toronto and beat face. Florida. Yeah, exactly. Um but yeah. That that should be fun in in a couple weeks time. This week of course we have our traditional shortened week shortened by two uh two games. Uh that's right. Thursday, Friday are only three games this week. Uh so plan accordingly to that. Um, the match of the week this week is uh, the Gladiators-Vancouver rematch. But Joe, so far, every match of the week has been awful since match of the week has started. It's <laughs> true. So hopefully that curse doesn't continue because um, that that's going to be a good game. Um, <laughs> that's what we've said every week, at least, yeah. 
<laughs> that should be a good game. Better than 4 0. How about that? Yeah. Um, that day, we also have London Spitfire versus San Francisco Shock. That is also a game we're not predicting, but I think should be a really good one, too. Um, Shock will probably win it, but uh, maybe London can, can put, up a, put up a nice little fight. Um, despite losing to NYXL once again. Once again. Uh, anything, any other games we aren't predicting that uh, are, are noteworthy here? Um, I guess Spitfire also plays Valiant this week. We're not predicting that one. Um, Shock. That should also be a good one. Shock Chengdu will be interesting. Ah, uh, right, yes. Right before Shock. first game one. Or third game it's one. It's always always interesting to see Chengdu face these top teams because they have such a different style that an upset's always plausible um, Chengdu was close against, sort of close against Vancouver again this week uh, not as close as the one before where they took them to five maps but uh, still stuck with them okay let's move on to our predictions then Joe I once again I, I, I moved a little bit further ahead of you this week because I picked um, who did I pick the the spark to uh, beat soul, yeah, Hangzhou over soul which means I'm now four games ahead of you it's true uh, 30 and 26 out of 52 which means I'm only just at 500 right now <laughs> oh um so but maybe, yeah let's... maybe i should just flip a coin this week i don't know <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh so we're starting off with the first game um of the week the Hangzhou spark versus the los angeles valiant another tough one um Hangzhou spark of course I, th- these are two of the hottest teams in the league right now Hangzhou spark uh, our stat from earlier have won the last nine of their 11 regular season games los angeles valiant Coming off a win against the Vancouver Titans, uh, this is a tough one for me. I I pick first, of course, since I'm in the lead. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna go with my Hangzhou Spark boys specifically because they got me the win last week against Seoul um, to to get me even further ahead uh, against you, Joe. So I'm gonna go with them again because they they seem to be they seem to be my good luck charm here. Yeah, I mean that's uh, uh, you know I think that's uh, definitely going to be another close series. Uh, my pick, uh, like like I said, I usually do these in advance unless I feel the need to change them. But I am actually going to go with uh, LA here. Um, like I said, I really like these um, these new roster looks they're showing us. Um, uh, uh, pulling out shacks and pulling out fact fiction. Um, that I think if. Um, if at any time uh, <laughs> LA was gonna uh, come back and um, and beat Hangzhou, uh, um, you know, especially after you know stage one, week one, they lost um, all the way in five maps, three two. But uh, I think now is like the time for them to do that for sure. Uh, so uh, yeah, so that's gonna be my my pick for this uh, series. Yeah, um, I I don't blame you at all. Valiant's looking really good. Both these teams looking really good. I think Valiant goes one and one this week, uh, and that one wins against London, not not Hangzhou. Um, let's see, Boston, Philadelphia. This one's on Saturday. Uh, second game on Saturday. Boston coming off of um, a huge. Did they they played each other this stage right? Boston Philly. Yeah, this is a rematch from like week two, I think. Yeah, uh, week which... two. 
Philly won. Philly won two to one. There's a tie map. Yeah. Uh, and Boston coming off of a big reverse sweep. Philly also coming off of a pretty big win against Atlanta Rain, where they won five maps. Uh, I mean, we talked about it. Did we pick this game week two? Because I remember talking about how both these teams are not looking uh, too good lately. Um, that's a good question. I don't remember. <laughs> but looks, does, looks like we did not. Okay. The question is, does Boston um, take that momentum and, and get this rematch win against Philly this time around? Uh, and my answer is is I'm going to go I'm going to go yes I'm going to go Boston here as long as they keep that lineup they used against Paris I think they'll be fine here and I think they'll win it this time around um, and I think this one's this one's another close one um, but I, I think that win against Paris is going to be huge for them mentally um, especially having such a having such sort of a bad streak um, so big win for for Boston here yeah. um, and it, I think again um, that I, I'm picking the other team here for this series that um, uh, I am comfortable finally now um, uh, picking <laughs> Philly in a series uh, you know, even if it is um, against Boston here but just because of um, the, the, some, some of the freedom that they've sort of discovered for themselves now again uh, you know, being able to um, to, to relax a little bit in the composition, I think, has been beneficial for them. Uh, and I believe they just have the one match this week. Is that accurate? Yeah. They just have the one match this week against Boston. Um, and, you know, I suppose um, trying to prepare for either of these support lineups could be uh, a little tricky. But um, I think if Philly can, can relax and play the game that they know they're good at, uh, which they've you know, only recently started doing, um, I think it's going to be helpful for them. Um, and they are technically on a, a two win, uh, two win streak and they beat Boston. So yeah, hopefully they'll, hopefully they'll do it again. We'll see. We'll see what happens here, Jeff. We're, we're, we're button heads here. Uh, Houston, Toronto on Sunday, Houston, of course, coming up this Florida mayhem loss. Everyone's Everyone doesn't know if this team's good once again. I guess they're bad again. Uh, they have a fairly easy week in Washington and Toronto, uh, and I think they should go too well, Joe. I'm taking Houston to beat Toronto. Uh, they lost to Mayhem, but I'm still confident in this team. I think that's just a little road bump. Um, yeah, so and I'm going the same way here. That uh, you, you know, we know we know Houston's um, good. Um, and as long as they don't get, you know, shaken off by this this Florida match, it should be okay. Um, and we do know that we uh, we here on on the flank are relatively low on Toronto. Um, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> yeah, at some point maybe that'll change. But um, I think with with again with some of the freedom that um, Houston's been having and sort of the way the um, really like the whole meta has loosened up a little bit this stage. Uh, even though like no changes were put in, uh, it's it's gonna be um, it's, it's gonna be interesting to see um, again. Hopefully, Houston win here. Yeah, it's super rich. That's super interesting. How there were no patch changes, and this has been a complete meta change. <laughs> uh, very weird. Um, Chengdu, 
Soul Dynasty, the final game of the week. Um, Soul Dynasty at times has looked like one of the best teams, at other times have not. I'd say Chengdu has a similar cadence to them. Um, they they can compete with top teams. Uh, so this is this is going to be another another good matchup um, between our our Asia teams, uh, Seoul Chengdu. Chengdu's got a very hard match early in the week against Shock. Seoul has a very easy match against Paris. They should win it. Um, I'm gonna go Seoul. I just think Seoul's the better team here, um, despite despite me not picking them against Hangzhou last week. Uh, but I do think they're better than Chengdu, so I'm gonna pick Seoul. Um, yeah, so so that'll be my pick as well. Um, so we'll we'll go two and two on agreeing this week. Uh, okay. <laughs> that uh, the, yeah, again, Seoul is like I think the team uh, probably most in the league with like the most roster flexibility slash depth. I mean, they've got um, 12 players that they play basically equally, practically. Um, you know, with possible exception of Fisher, um, who like just today or yesterday was tweeting about how he's going to uh, hopefully take a break um, from Overwatch a little bit, uh, potentially. But, um, um, but yeah, so I feel like every time I pick Soul, they lose. Uh, but hopefully that doesn't happen here. Um, and it'll be uh, hopefully a good match. We'll see lots of lots of different looks from from both teams, really. Yeah, hopefully the Joe picking Soul Curse can end for them. But I think they're getting upset at, at you picking them, Joe. Honestly, yeah. like we just lose every time Joe picks us. Okay. Um, yeah this this has been on the flank episode forty three, uh, and it's been a good one, Joe. I'm a, this has been a good stage so far. I've enjoyed it. Absolutely. Uh, uh, but as far as social media goes, uh, if you want to follow us on our personal Twitters, mine is at JWGeorgeIV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. Uh, we have a t- podcast Twitter uh, at On the Flank Show, where Joe tweets out some beautiful graphics of our picks, of our MVPs, all that stuff. Uh, go follow us on Twitter. We tweet out uh, links to our shows every week, of course. Uh, we have an email on the flank show at gmail.com. You can tweet at us. You can email us if you have any topics you would like us to talk about. You are listening to this in one way, but if you want to listen to it in a different way, uh, we are at ontheflank.podbean.com, my personal YouTube channel, which is John George. Uh, you're best going to find that uh, via my Twitter account. We're on iTunes. We're on Apple Podcasts. And we are on Spotify. And we are on Google Play. There is a huge surge of babies nine months after the end date of, of a war. It happened after World War One. It happened after World War Two. All I'm saying is watch for a lot of kids named Kareev in about nine months. <laughs> <laughs>